And welcome to yet again another episode of Devil Dash. We are in double digits now, number 10. And Josh, I know about you. We've been talking about topics to talk about for the show during the week and stuff. And we're just waiting. We've been waiting for, you know, game week, game day. And it's finally here. We have, it's been 11 weeks since we started the show, 10 episodes. Um, and it's game week. And we finally have a legitimate game to talk about. It's sadly week 11 in college football, um, and it's now week one for the Pac-12. Um, things have gone right for the Pac-12 in terms of making the college football playoff. Um, we're going to be going into a little bit of this game, what to expect from this game, um, kind of some matchups to look out for, some things specifically on ASU side of the ball, and then what to expect from this 9 a.m. kickoff coming up. Um, really, we haven't seen it for anyone our age uh, being a Sun Devil fan my entire life, so... We're going to get into all those things, uh, a lot a lot into this game. Josh, sorry for a long intro. Tell me how you're feeling. How excited are you for this uh, for this first game? I mean, it's finally it's finally here. It's finally upon us. You know, we've been watching all these other conferences get after it these past three, four weeks. And, man, I've been missing these this great, just the top-tier level of football, football out of all conferences, the Pac-12, right? Yeah. Just – the best of the best. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but no, I mean, I'm ready for it, man. I mean, I know our boys in maroon and gold are ready for it as well. Yeah. And I'm just going to say this before we get started today. Um, if you guys are rocking with us now, just wait till we actually – we're actually getting into some Pac-12 football, guys. Like, if you think we're, we're getting emotion, we're emotional now, man, just wait till we get to, like, come back and talk about that, that – Frank Darby, like, 80-yard bomb where he just shakes off, like, two linebackers. Like, you know what I mean? So, thank you for riding with us. And, man, we've got a great show for you guys today. <laughs> yeah, we do. And we're going to jump into it. I mean, we're going to be talking mostly about this USC game pretty much the entire show. Um, you know, we've been waiting for football this entire time. Before we jump into, you know, the first topic we want to talk about, about some of these younger guys. And I, I just want to say this this game is so important for ASU Obviously, we're excited to have college football back and, you know, win or lose. Not that ASU is expected to win this game, but the, the fact is this game, if you lose, you very well play yourself out of the Pac-12 South for the rest of the season. And I think it's very important to realize that, like, this isn't just the first game of the season and then, oh, you know, they're going to play another nine games. They'll probably lose one or two in the, in the process and you can make up for those games. There's a six game season and there, this game is important. So that's just something to really keep in mind when, you know, when we're going through to this week and, you know, as the storyline builds up as we get closer to Saturday. But, you know, yeah, I mean, there's no room for error. No, absolutely and not. We'll see. Um, so we're going to talk about, you know, kind of that next man up mentality. We've talked about it a lot. Brandon, uh, Brandon Ayuk, Nikhil Harry, you know, Benjamin, you know, a lot of these star offensive players, some of the best, best draft pick wise and uh, number wise. And, you know, Benjamin's case players that ASU's ever had. I mean, some they're in the record books and, there's a lot of new faces. Um, I know something I saw today. I, I believe it was me that said it that I thought Ricky Pearsall was uh, not going to be playing this year, and I believe he is going to be playing, which is a big, um, big thing for the Sun Devils. Now they're not experienced player, but someone that's been on the roster for a long time, um, knows the offense, knows this team. Um, but we talked about guys that, you know, guys that could step up in the wide receiving core, and you know all this, but. You know, we we expect Daniels and Darby to have a big game, but where not necessarily specifically player wise, but where do you think in the game do you think ASU can 
kind of lean on some of their better players? Is it in the running game? Is it going to be short passes, screen work? Is it going to be no huddle? What, give me something for game plan wise that ASU can do to win this game. I think um, mostly the ground game will be covered by Jaden Daniels for one. I mean, we're going to see a couple of rushes, you know, a couple of screens maybe in this new offense. But I think Jaden, especially in this first game, might just take the lead on the ground a little bit, let the running backs get their feet wet. I mean, this is just speculation at this point. but And that opens a door for a wide receiver core to really step up and make plays. And like our title says, next man up. Like every play that you go out there and make on that field, your future playing time in this team is dependent on that, you know, and that affects each guy differently. And I'm sure – Herm Edwards has got these guys dialed in to where, hey, every play is almost better to be going out there giving 100%. Yeah, and I think it's important to realize that, you know, there might be one of these freshmen that has, you know, 90 yards and a touchdown in this game, and that's going to be – could be awesome potentially. The thing that I think when I think of next man up is I want to see – maybe someone that only has two catches for 30 yards, but one of those catches is on a third and 11 that keeps a drive going that, you know, ASU comes down and scores. Maybe he doesn't even score the touchdown, but, you know, someone that steps up that next man up that those are plays that win you games. And it's, it's plain and simple. The third and 11s, you know, that fighting for the extra yard that gets you that first down or that big stop of staying disciplined in your gap on defense. That's what I'm looking for in the next man up. Obviously we want to see, you know, one of these talented freshmen step out, have a big game on this national stage. Obviously, we, you know, who wouldn't want that? But the difference is, is the small plays and it's something that we anticipate. I mean, Vegas doesn't, and Vegas is usually right. Those guys get paid to do that for a job. We anticipate a close game. And those are plays that win you close games, right? Well, this is one of those Pac-12 games that, you know, is going to come down to the wire. I mean, yeah. it came down to the wire last year. Both these teams got significant upgrades. Um, I mean, it's a battle between Clay Hillen and – Herm Edwards, I mean, you know what I mean? I mean, and this next man up mentality really, I feel like it just has to drive these players. Like you said, you need that that one guy to step up in the moment when the team needs him most, you know, third, whatever the situation. Yeah. And USC is going to have, this game coming up is going to have plenty of those moments, you know. I mean, these Pac-12, we watch these Pac-12 games every week, you know, when they, when they were playing. Yeah. And... These, these grinder games, like these, these, they come down to the last drive. And with Herm Edwards, they always do. Even if it's a team that's significantly better in talent than them, it's a close game at the end. Oh, for sure. For sure. And I, I think something to keep an eye on is I, we haven't talked about it much on this show. I am not the biggest Clay Helton fan. I think I, I expressed it openly. It's very easy to say hindsight 2020 that they should have kept Coach O. Uh, it's very easy to say that after he won a national championship. I get that. I think something to watch is, you know, Herm has been awesome about this in his tenure at ASU, that when he goes for these trick plays or these key fourth down scenarios, it's never really something that A, he messes up, or B, if he does mess up, it significantly hurts them. Something in this game to watch for Clay Helton or Herm Edwards is that they go for a fake field goal or a fake punt or go for it on fourth down. Watch where if it could be something to see if it's, if it's in their own half of the field where it could significantly change the momentum of the game if they don't get it. Something like that where I think Clay Helton could potentially hurt the Trojans, I think that's something to watch out for is, you know, a fake field goal, a fake punt, or a fourth down conversion that they don't convert. That's stuff that can win or lose you games on coaching staffs that are out of the players' hands. I mean, obviously they can get you that yard, but that's something where coaches 
significantly affect the game, and I think that's something to keep an eye on as well. I mean, yeah, and if, 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 <coughs> big if, the Trojans beat the Sun Devils, or I'm sorry, lose lose against the Sun Devils, and Clay Helton has a couple mishaps like that, I mean, that would kind of put the cherry on the on top, you know, for his fluke of a career at USC. Yeah, that's so tough because, you know, we've seen in other sports, it's baseball and uh, basketball. I mean, basketball's actually been pretty harsh to some of their head coaches, but um, especially baseball, you know, they had bad seasons and coaches kind of got a little pass. So like, all right, this was a weird year. The players didn't assimilate the same way they would without a, without the COVID-19. Um, and I think coaches, I'm not saying Clay Helton, but let's say USC goes four and two and loses to both USC and, or sorry, to uh, Utah and ASU. Clay Helton very well could get fired. If they finish third in the Pac-12 South and not even in the top 25, there's a lot of talent on this team and a lot of expectations. And I think ASU could really give a sucker punch to this USC team and a young a young Keaton Slovis. I mean, people are high on Keaton Slovis, and I, I rightfully so. The kid is mega talented, and he's a, showed so much talent. But the same thing is there's a lot of room for growth. And you got to remember, I know he got thrown in as a freshman, and obviously he's most likely going to get better from there. But th- this kid is young. You cannot expect this kid to be Carson Palmer at USC, a Matt, a Matt Leinart at USC. This kid has flaws, and he's still flaws. It's only going to be his first game of his sophomore year. Yeah, I mean, you could say the same thing for Jaden, too. I mean, yeah, both guys that, you know, they're, this is why the, the matchup is so intense. I mean, a couple people calling it one of the greatest ma- – I'm sorry, greatest. Well, greatest of the week, you know? Yeah. I mean, this is, you know – First game in the Pac-12, both these teams are so fired up to finally come out and play after watching everybody else. So, man, it's gonna be it's gonna be a great game. And another interesting storyline, it kind of just popped in my head. I know we both know this, but both teams lost their number one receivers from last year to the NFL draft in a high round. Michael Pittman got drafted by the Colts, I believe, in second or third round, um, and then Brandon Ayuk, obviously, in the first round of the 49ers. And then both teams have these wide receivers that are ready to kind of step up in that role, uh, Amon Ross St. Brown and then Frank Darby. So there's kind of an interesting storyline to see how similar these two teams are in terms of um, that factor that, you know, both supposed to have great offenses, both lost, you know, key factors in last year's from last year's team, but both aren't rebuilding or both reloading. So I think that's something that's going to be interesting. Um, and obviously I talked about this, just where from from the players that, aren't aren't Jaden Daniels that aren't uh, Keaton Slovis and that aren't uh, Amon Ross St. Brown and aren't uh, Darby. So I'm saying these these key defensive interceptions or for either team or these you know the wide receivers that people might not know of going into week one but then they will after week one. Yeah, I mean, so those are the players you know you really need to step up but speaking of that I wanted to talk to you about some matchups in particular that you're looking to outside of Keaton Slovis versus Jane Daniels. Obviously we can touch on that they affect every player on offense, but what are some uh, matchups, whether it's a player, whether it's a position group, or what are you looking at here? Well, I mean, for me personally, I'm looking forward to ASU's defense stepping it up. I mean, if you take a look at the game last year when we played USC, they hung 28 points on us in the first quarter. Yeah. Now, I don't know about you, but that's a pretty big statement to make in the first quarter of a football game, I mean, 28 – I mean, you can imagine, you can just picture in your head Keaton Slovis firing the ball downfield all over our uh, 
back. I was safety. at that game. I remember that game well. It was ugh. like no one's even like no one's even covering them. You know what I mean? Like that's that's just completely unanswered for. And um, Antonio Pierce has talked a lot this offseason about changing the pace of the game. And I know that starts a lot from the offensive standpoint, but you can start that you can start the game off that way from a defensive standpoint too, you know? Yeah. A quick three and out. That's huge for those Momentum, guys. Yeah. Get them off the field. Get your offense on there. Keep them on the field. Get those guys hyped up. First scoring drive. I mean, it, it does wonders for your defense too. And I'm really looking for them to step up against USC. They saw them last year. Obviously, I'm not sure if they're going to stick with that same game plan. Maybe parts of it. But I mean, you can expect an upgraded version, you know? Yeah, I mean, again, another year of Slovis is going to be, you know, he's going to be that much deadlier. Um, I know Graham Harrell, uh, sorry, uh, the USC's offense in general is going to, they've been running the air raid ever since Harrell stepped over there, and he's going to continue to run the air raid, especially with an arm like Slovis. But uh, the matchup I'm really looking forward to is is on ASU defensively is this cornerback group of Chase Lucas and Jack Jones. Chase Lucas is someone that's, you know, had a great freshman year and got all this freshman hype, had a decent sophomore and junior year, made some big plays, but wasn't outstanding. And then this senior year, he's, he's ready to take it to the next level. And then Jack Jones, he was a five-star recruit, had to drop out of, guess who? USC. So now you have this these two players who are willing, trying to prove something. Jack Jones played pretty well at the end of the year last year for the Sun Devils, but two corners that are trying to prove something and prove they can be an elite group in this Pac-12 against a very talented USC offense and an air raid offense that, you know, they're going to be throwing the ball all game. So I don't care if you're, if it's Josh Norman in his prime or, you know, guarding Odell out there, it's still going to be throwing the ball because they're not going to be running a whole lot. And I think that's something to keep an eye on. Um, and then on the same token, the defensive line, just the pressure they get. Not that, not that I know a lot on uh, USC's offensive line, but I mean, when you have DJ Danson coming back, he was one of the best in the conference last year. Um, he's a difference maker on the inside, and he can make uh, Slovis' day a lot more difficult. Yeah, that pass rush has to be there. And um, like you said about Chase Lucas, I mean, this is the perfect – I couldn't think of a more perfect – opportunity you know considering this season and everything for him to you know push all the push all the haters trying to confuse haters and doubters haters and doubters away you know show him what he's got he's got six what is it seven games he's got that many games to establish his skill set come out there and show him he's the az boy this is his hometown he's gonna ball out so i mean yeah, he should have a good season. Yeah, for it. and I know we said outside of Slovis and Daniels, something I'm looking forward to is Jane Daniels kind of just not necessarily against the defense, but he didn't throw for all that many touchdowns last year. I think he was had 17 touchdowns, but what made it so impressive is that he only threw, I believe, two or three interceptions last year total, and that's a great number for a freshman kid. That's incredible. But I think, you know, in a big game like this, this is where you need to put up a zero in the turnover board for the Sun Devils, fumbles and interceptions, because how you beat good teams is by turning the ball over and scoring on big plays, not necessarily playing the perfect game, but making opportune plays. This game is so important to them because, you know, we mentioned it, you know, Utah's up next or in week three, I believe, but this game is so important just in terms of the season and what it means to them. So you really are relying on Jane Daniels, not necessarily against a certain player, against a certain blitz or whatever like that, but just don't turn the ball over. I'm calling him out for that to, you know, 
if they tur- if they don't turn the ball over and, and he throws for 200 yards, 250 yards, and they still lose, it's probably because USC was just the better team that day. And for me, really, being Jaden Daniels, brand new offense, new offensive coordinator, I'm really looking for, like you said, 200 yards. I mean, that's a solid day. I'm looking for, like, this team should put up at least 30-plus points on this team. I mean, yeah, the Trojans, like, they can hang with us. You can kind of hang with them, but this is our moment. Like, these guys are fired up. We haven't played football in eight months. Like, for me, they have to put up 30 points. Jaden Daniels has to show that he's a leader for this offense, this new scheme, and just take command of this team, take command of the Pac-12 South. And it's it's really – it's such a difficult game because you really don't know what to expect from either side because – you know, we mentioned in the previous shows that California missed out or the California schools all missed out on practice time because of the lockdown. Um, so Arizona State has the advantage in that in that perspective that they have they have extra uh, practices than USC does. So, you know, when you have freshmen and freshmen that are going to get major minutes, it's something that, you know, it's going to make a difference. We don't know how much, um, but you really don't know what team is going to show up from ASU. There's so many new faces and so much hype. But, you know, High school to Division One football and your first game being in the Coliseum at USC. Well, hello. And not to mention, we're going to get into this later, but, you know, kickoffs at 10, 9 a.m. California time. It's it's going to be a real slap in the face. Daylight savings just happened here in Arizona. So, you know, a lot of these kids that are freshmen, Arizona doesn't do daylight savings. We don't change our clocks. Could be a difference to them. And then they're going to be the first weekend traveling to California where you lose an hour of, of time. So, or gain an hour so i don't know how that all works i'm from arizona but well i mean you just have to trust that herm edwards has these guys ready for this game i mean i mean we've been saying it a million times today but this game is so important for them for their destiny in the pac-12 south for future you know playoff implicate implications um but you just have to trust that herm edwards has this team ready for whatever that's going to be thrown at them i mean i'm not sure if Gavin Newsom is going to let any fans in the stadium. I'm sure that if they do, they would be riled up (laughs) and just throwing everything they they have at the Sun Devils. But but Herm's going to have them ready for that. And no matter if they're a true freshman or you know redshirt sophomore, I don't know. It'll all depend. And you have to you just have to hope for the best. And also last year, I want to say this: 32 true freshmen on Arizona State's football team. So. Probably more than getting better. I mean, it has to be better than that last year, though. <laughs> That's true. Uh, I have one more matchup. Now that you were kind of talking about Helton, what about Helton versus Clay Edwards? I just mentioned, you know, a key decision-making play that could make the difference. But we've seen with Herm how great he's been with time management. We've seen it time and time again against Michigan State twice. We've seen it against Washington. We've seen it against Oregon. We've seen it against a lot of good teams. And you know, USC's climbing up in the polls without even playing a game. If if Herm Edwards beats Clay Helton in a in a game, if he outcoaches Clay Helton, ASU is going to win this game. I I know USC has a lot of talent, but I really don't think ASU is that far off. Yes, I think ASU is less talented, but I really don't think they're nine and a half to eleven point difference in talent. I, that's just personally what I think, and so I think a big matchup to watch is going to be how this game is. You know what tempo ASU takes it at him, at him with. Are they going to come out and you know try to run the ball, try to control the clock, or are they going to try to come out and make a statement? Are they going to come out and you know with a deep play to Darby to open up the game? Say, hey, we're not scared. Even if you don't get it, say, hey, we're, we're here. We're coming for you. Even though we're on the road, we've been waiting to play football. We're here. Yeah, I mean, 
if Herm Edwards tries to establish some sort of run run game, it, it should be interesting to see because you know these guys haven't seen a lick of Division One football yet. So, and it's going to be interesting to see. We know how athletic Jaden Daniels is. We saw that game against Washington State last year where he, you know, dove for the end zone with seconds left and did a helicopter twirl in the air and scored. How many designed runs does ASU have this year for Jaden Daniels? Because you know we see quarterbacks like Lamar Jackson and you know Kyler Murray that can run fast, but they don't like well, Lamar does. But Kyler doesn't like to get hit because he wants to stay healthy and he's scared. He's not scared, but you know they like to keep him in the pocket and throwing passes for them rather than injured. And you know I think Herm kind of had that same mentality with Jaden Daniels. So I'm curious without Eno Benjamin in the backfield if they incorporate that read option that we saw with Taylor Kelly here and you know, with DJ Foster and, you know, how effective just using his legs could be, even if it is five times a game, that, that could be huge in just keeping a defense guessing. Yeah, I mean, you're going to see a lot more movement on the offensive line, our wide receivers moving. So with this new Zach Hill offense, so it's going to be, it's going to be very deceptive to the defense. And I think look out for some trick plays. I think, uh, you know, we have all these these young guys that come in here, and I think they all offer a different skill set. So I think Herm and uh, Zach Hill are going to be creative in how they use their skill set to attack this defense, and they're going to use they're going to drop some plays to uh, get these guys the ball individually. So I think that's going to be that's going to be something to watch for sure. Um, but moving on, we're going to be talking. And we heard a really interesting quote from uh, Herm Edwards on the radio today. Um, you know, he was talking, they're talking about the 9 a.m. kickoff and what it could mean for the players. Uh, and he's like, I don't think the game's going to be that much different, but um, something that's going to be a slap in the, in the face to them is that the team meals at 4.45 in the morning. Um, and, you know, if you're a college kid, you know, I, me personally, I, I don't go to bed early, but even if I wanted to go to bed early, I couldn't go to bed before, you know, 11 o'clock, even if I wanted to, you know, after a long day of work. But for some of these college kids that have been up all night, you know, especially during quarantine, you know, they're stuck at home all day. Um, you know, they've been, I know they've been working out, but I think it's going to be interesting to see, you know, if one of these teams has a slow first quarter, like ASU was down, they, uh, sorry, USC put up 28 points in the first quarter. I don't think ASU can afford to let up 28 points in the first quarter again. No, well, they, they're not going to be sleeping for sure. I mean, as soon as they get in that room, they're half asleep. Herm's yeah. going to wake them up with some 90s rock and roll, whatever, he's, some jamming, ammonia. whatever he's jamming yeah. to on game day mornings. But you know what? They're going to be ready for this game. I yeah. mean, I think – I think they're going to have – these players are going to have more trouble wake – or I'm sorry, going to bed the night before than they are waking up at 4, 4, or yeah. 4 o'clock in the morning. I, I think I read that article too, and Herm said, you know, I don't think anyone's going to show up at 4.30 or 4.45, but yeah. they'll, they'll slowly roll in about 30 minutes after yeah. I get there. Yeah. And it's funny because we saw that uh, episode of HBO, whatever it was, where they did the feature on college coaches – and um, Herm was in the in the ASU training facility. I think it was either by four or five a.m. every day, just working out before everyone else because he likes his you know peace and quiet, and he can exercise best in the morning. Whatever you know, morning people are weird in general. I, I don't get them, but uh. well, I think you can credit that to his dad too. I mean, his dad yeah. he came from a military family and moving around a lot, and I'm pretty sure that's just how it was around his house you know but also i think that mentality is kind of the roster that a, that herm is trying to put together at asu those, exactly. those people that want to be there the people that they're like they're not complaining about a, a 4 30 in the morning uh you know meal food and they're getting all this stuff but 
it's it's going to be interesting, you know, just because of how many young players are on there. These these are 18-year-old, 19-year-old kids. A lot of them are not going to be – If they, let's say you have to be to the meal at 5 a.m. and you want to shower beforehand and all that. You're going to have to get up at 4 a.m. And I don't think yeah, a lot of these 18- and 19-year-olds are, are going to be ready for that. Yeah, I mean, especially the true freshmen too. I mean, they, this is the time where these young guys on this team have to look up to guys like Frank Darby and well, even Jaden Daniels, you know, and just watch what they do, see how they do it. I mean, I know I already know what those guys are going to be doing too. They're going to be sitting in their locker on with their beats on, jamming out, getting ready for the game. So, yeah, I mean, that's what they just got to do: keep calm, collected, know what you're. Uh, know what your mission is, focus on what you got to do and go out there and execute. And I think it's going to be interesting when you look at the depth charts on both sides of the ball that I was looking at this morning. And, you know, the offense has a lot of new names Uh, for people that follow recruiting. You know that a lot of these guys have been, you know, we've been waiting for them to hit the field this weekend. They're going to get unveiled. But when you look at the defense, you see a lot of faces that you've recognized. Excuse me their name, uh, you recognize their name on the defensive side of the ball. And I think ASU is going to need to lean on that defense because, you know, USC is this air raid offense. And if you can hold them to, you know, 28, 35 points, you're really giving yourself a shot. But, you know, in college, when these teams score 49, 56 points, like you're really, it's going to be really tough to put up that many points when you just don't have an offense that's good enough to compete with that. Yeah. And I think out of all years, out of you could put up any, Whatever situation ASU plays USC, I think this situation, they are, this COVID situation, they are the most hyped for this game than you know any other possible outcome. Absolutely. I mean, think about think about these guys. They've been bottled up for eight months, haven't played a real game. We did. They didn't even get to watch March Madness like any of us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, first world problem. And this is their first game back. Just. Just think about like what has been going through everyone involved here. Their last week of practice, man, like that team huddle after practice, like on, all on right, Thursday, guys, Friday, you know yeah, what I mean? Really... Like, and I, this is this is, just goes back to our main point of I don't I don't really don't see that this nine a.m. morning game, you know, one of the earliest games of the start of USC and I'm pretty sure ASU's uh, season in decades. So, but I don't think it really causes any any strife in the in the team chemistry or anything no absolutely they, they're just too they're too ready they're too they've been working too hard for this moment and i think it's it's so it's so difficult because like these kids are so young so what expectations can we have for them um for you know like do we give them a break if they you know if asu shows up lazy in the first quarter if usc shows up lazy i, I think that's something that plays into this you know asu having extended practice can compared to usc where this 9 a.m. kickoff could play, play into their hands because a slow start really could bury you against a good team and someone that can control the ball like Herm Edwards likes to do. I just if I'm if I'm a player on either one of these teams, man, 9 a.m. college game day crew coming out. We got Reggie Bush, Matt Liner. I wonder who they're rooting for. That's pretty that's pretty bipartisan as journalism majors. Like there's there's just no way that I'm like sleeping for this game. Yeah, no, you, That's you have to really so excited for it. And obviously everyone knew, everyone knows putting on college game day. Yeah, it's it's going to be, It's I know it's not at ASU, but ASU is not on game day all that often. I mean, yeah. I think I think the last time game day was here was against Notre Dame and I want to say 2014 or 2015. And ASU actually won that game. But, um, you know, there's always that added hype, especially for, you know, an ASU. I and mean, 
USC is pretty accustomed to it being USC and being in LA, but there's always this added hype of, you know, the nation is watching you. I mean, there's, I, I don't, can't tell you times growing up. I've watched, I've been flipping through on a, on my couch on a Saturday and I see three games. None of them I really care about all that much, but you know, college game days here. This is the first game of the Pac-12 this year. It's like, this is a game that's going to draw some people's attention that, you know, if they don't care about their teams not playing at that time, they're going to watch ASU. And that's something that could juice up some of these younger guys too for that morning game. Like, hey, my first game ever, college game days here. And it's like, this is, you need to know, this is not like something that happens every day. You need to show out, you need to ball out, you need to make plays that they're going to win you this game. Yeah, I mean, this is their moment. Against USC, college game day. I mean, you know, this is this is the Sun Devils' chance to, you know, put some respect on Herm's name. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. not that he doesn't have any, but just this this win. I feel like this win in this shortened, crazy season, Pac-12 just starting, could put a positive a positive outlook possibly for the rest of the season on Herm Herm Edwards' like tenure here already, just because. I mean, that's how big this game is to me. Yeah, no, it's it's gonna be it's like, gonna be stressful. If, if we beat if we beat USC, how how do we not beat Utah too? You know, what I mean, mean, it's just so it's so hard. As sports fans, you know, you can't say, "Oh, we beat them." We beat. Them. I know. All right, Josh, we have to wrap up here. Why? I want I want your prediction of the of who wins. I don't need a score. Just who wins and who is the MVP of the game? Give it to me. Who do you got? Uh, if you want to give me a score, go for it. If I'm a betting man, which I'm not, I'm taking ASU spread. <laughs> but I, I think, I just think that USC edges out the victory, the Vic Roy here. I mean, yeah, ASU's got the, they've got the uh, advantage in conditioning. You know, we've had eight more weeks of practice than them or whatnot. But man, I think Keaton Slovis. I think I feel like one of the most important things you have to look at it just at a quarterback standpoint. And I just see Keaton Slovis being just a little more advanced, a little more up the ladder than uh, Jaden right now. And ultimately in a game winning drive, I feel like that is what makes a difference. So yeah, ASU mark me down for ASU spread, but uh USC money on MVP, like, give me an MVP. Keaton Slovis. MVP let's go Amon Ross St. Brown, a hundred right. hundred and fifty yards, two touchdowns. All right, so we got one for USC. I'm thinking oh. ASU. I think ASU wins. I think I think USC is going to be a little slapped slapped in the face in the first half, and I think ASU can get off to a lead and run the ball. MVP of the game, I think, is going to be Johnny Wilson. I think Johnny Wilson is going to go for 100 yards and two touchdowns, and then I think uh, defensive side of the ball, DJ Davidson, two sacks, um, and you know some hurries and QB hits. USC, ASU this weekend, 9 a.m. Pacific, 10 a.m. Arizona time. Better be watching. Get your popcorn because it's going to be a good one. And we have, we're going to have a crossover show with uh, some USC guys on Friday. I believe that's at 4 or 5 p.m. I'll have to double check on that. We'll tweet that out. Um, but make sure you're following all of our socials, Dash Sports, uh, Dash Sports TV on all social media, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, all that. And then make sure you follow at Sports Pack 12. We partnered with them. An uh, article came out about uh, the arrival of ASU football and basketball today from me. Um, so go check that out. Dash Sports TV and at Sports Pack 12. I'm Wills. This is Josh. We will see.